Hello and welcome to Clean Beauty Asia's podcast. I'm your host, Ali Rook. This interview series is a collection of conversations with people who operate, support, and facilitate beauty brands doing business in Asia. My aim is to provide valuable insights and information to make your beauty brand's transition into Asia as smooth and successful as possible. This first series is dedicated to cross-border e-commerce in China, and I really hope you find it valuable. Thank you so much for listening. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of my interview series. Today, we've got Rob Robertson from Star Brands Asia. Rob is a China veteran. He started studying Mandarin in 1981 and has spent most of his career in China and, and has been sort of in China ever since. And he now, as I said, runs Star Brands Asia, which really helps international indie brands in the beauty space expand in China. So Rob, thank you so much for joining me. It's a pleasure to be here. So um, as you sort of focus on indie brands, and that's the main audience that we have um, for, the, for this podcast, I really wanted to start by un- giving a bit of an introduction to Star Brands Asia. It's not a traditional distributor or trade partner. You really look at things a bit differently. So it would be great to, to hear from you how that works. Uh, yeah, we, um, we work with a smaller number of brands and we tend to go very deep with each brand that we have. Um, and we see ourselves as a brand partner for China. Um, so why is that? Well, you know, the ecosystem in China is very complicated. Um, it's linked, interlinked and overlapping uh, across functional areas and across channels. And it's changing all the time. Um, So what we feel, and because I come from a long background in brand management, um, what I really felt was needed in the market was um, a company that could be a total brand partner for China um, to solve whatever issues that pop up from trademark to inventory management uh, to brand marketing and influencer programs and so on. Um, Because I really felt that there was a gap and, you know, We've all know the stories of uh, indie brands that haven't been successful over the years. And I really had a passion personally for helping those brands succeed. So that's kind of where Star Brands Asia came from. Um, Our company is organized into three groups, uh, three big components of business that we cover, uh, brand management, online management, and offline management. Um, And the core concept behind our company is is a little bit different. Um, We talk about 4D brand curation, so Mm -hmm. four-dimensional brand curation, um, because I got tired of hearing about 360-degree marketing, and, (laughs) you know, that really doesn't solve the problem, you know? It's it's not about 360 degrees. It's kind of more dimensional than that. Mm -hmm. Um, So we organize ourselves and focus ourselves against uh, four different dimensions, um, and I have hand motions. <laughs> so, um, channels, we go across all okay, channels. Yeah, yeah. You know, my, myself and my team members have plenty of offline experience as well as online. Mm-hmm. Although most of our business is online now, um, we operate on about 10 or 11 different channels online and several offline as well. And then functionally, <laughs> um, we cover all aspects uh, from legal matters to 
back office to social media and influencer marketing and Salesforce management and KPIs and online TV services. So we handle all functions. Mm -hmm. um, we're focused on the consumer journey mm -hmm. um, rather than that's why I kind of part ways with 360 degree marketing because uh, really it's, you know, marketing and sales are no longer, you know, I grew up in that world and I've been mm -hmm. in that world for so many years. Um, but I think focusing on moving consumers through the journey um, from yeah. awareness to loyalty um, is what all of our work involves. Um, and then the fourth one, I'm not sure what the symbol, uh, hand motion for that is. We take you through the, we take you through the changes. Um, so a lot of um, brand partners, so-called brand partners in China was, oh, I can put you on Tmall. Great. Mm. Okay. Now what? Um, so from the beginning, it kind of made me feel uncomfortable because you lock into one partner or one plan of attack that prohibits you from other expansions in the future. So we take a long-term view and we really try and move people, move brands through the changes from, let's say, cross-border to domestic e-commerce, to bricks and mortar retail, to travel retail, um, to kind of create, to evolve and grow the brand um, over time. So um, we think that's a unique approach. Yeah, um, we're doing different. it now. Mm. Yeah, um, it's working working quite well, I'd say. It's not for everyone, but you know we're here for the brands that need us. And yeah. um, you know, if if a brand's interested in kind of a, a deeper partnership, then um, then we really find a lot of value in that. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing with brands um, and a lot of brands that I work with, they are looking they don't know what the different options are, right? So, so they've heard of this TP model, um, but the TP model requires a lot of management, a lot of legwork from the brand side. They have to, they really have to manage that relationship. They regain, they keep control in uh, some control, more control than a distributor, but they have to really manage that. And, and a lot of the indie brands in head office, A, don't have anyone with it, the skills of the market and B, they don't really have the capacity to do that from, from the other side of the world. So I think this model where you're effectively their team on the ground without them having to without them having to hire everyone internally and set up their own uh, you know uh, entity in China then I think that that can be really good for brands that are especially brands that are brand led you know they really want to establish their brand um, in China for the long term I think that's a very good it's a good model that you that you offer yeah it's really um you know, and everyone thinks, oh, it's it's e-commerce, it's online, it's kind of like a video game, and um, you know, the electronic signal goes from me to you, and then everything is fine. But it's really not the case. Mm -hmm. You know, just like an offline sales force, an online your TP is your online sales force, um, and face-to-face -face communication is key, um, especially when you're talking about transmitting brand values but even product messages and product stories and the stories you tell on social media and capturing the keywords when we're doing search engine optimization within Tmall, um, all of things are very important. And um, the human side is, is a big part of that. So that's one thing I'm very happy about is with all of our team under one roof, um, TP operations, social media and influencer marketing teams all 
all together. We just find it's a lot easier. Um, And um, we do have, you know, with Morphe, for example, but our other brands are similar. We have high interaction and, you know, our goal is to, you know, make the brand happy, you know, Mm -hmm. to make the brand successful. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we have, but I find, you know, when it's working, we have higher level conversations about how to, how to make the strategy work. And then Mm -hmm. when we get off the call, there's just a tremendous amount of detail that has to happen. You know, Mm -hmm. it has to happen well, it has to be followed through. Um, And it's very detailed over here. You know, every influencer we work with has a separate contract. Um, You know, there's any aspect of the business you get into, even logistics. We have a different logistics solution for every e-commerce platform we work on. You know, on our side, it works. Uh, but if you're outside of China, it's it's quite a struggle. Extremely complex. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So in terms of so you obviously have lots of different brands that you that you work with with indie brands coming into China. What are some of the key challenges you see that they face when, when they're sort of starting to enter the market? Yeah, I think when you're trying, uh, considering entering the market, and uh, I know everybody tells a story, but I get I get the same thing. Okay, we want to launch Tmall next week. We've decided to launch Tmall. And it's like, well, who are you? What do you want to accomplish? You know, I think the first challenge really for the brand, and, I'm, and I know this is, this is what you do, um, what do you want to achieve in China, you know? And then do you have a plan that is going to, make that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really guides, you know, we're very flexible. We, we work with different channels in different ways for every single brand because the brands have different objectives. And we've, you know, our partners have taken the time to understand for themselves what it is they want to accomplish. And then um, we kind of uh, guide it. So does that mean you're highly focused on Tmall? Does it mean you're trying to enter offline shops, which we also do? Um, does it mean you're uh, focused on two or three star products? What are your star products? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, there's, I, I should have a checklist. Maybe you have a checklist of the things to, uh, you know, audit yourself as you're coming in. Um, do I know what my star products are? Um, what's the Chinese perception of my brand today? Because as you know, I think most brands know as well that uh, everything is on Taobao. Everything is on Little Red Book, um, but it may not be what you want it to be. Yeah, Um, So how do you grab a hold of the message? Um, Yeah, there's a a lot of things to think through. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Shaping that message. I think Well, the first step is understanding what that message is, right? Like, what are people saying about you? What what start? People often are brands are often surprised at how some product that they don't necessarily push globally has become a hero product without them doing anything in China. And and this happens all without brands having any idea most of the time. So I I think that's a that's a step that brands have to take to to understand understand that. before they they leap in and and working out that as you said the hierarchy the sort of skew which SKUs but also the hierarchy of messages what is your messaging for China that will resonate rather than it might it will probably be different from from yeah. your global messaging so yeah and, and there's so much value in that just understand it sounds so simple 
um, but it's actually it usually isn't happening. Mm. Uh, but when it does happen, it's like, okay, I can see what people are talking about. I can see there's a product basis underneath it. Like the product's really delivering nowadays with an online business, the product has to deliver. Right? Yeah. That's just, that's just a reality. Um, so, you know, if you can identify, okay, at the product level, we're delivering. And then at the messaging level, well, this is how people are talking about it. And we think we can kind of amplify that. And, mm. you know, you just take your marketing budget and you just focus it on one thing and it can be hugely, hugely productive. Yes. Focus, focus, focus. That's something I'm always saying to brands. You know, everyone's so ambitious. They've got all these great products. They love The brands love all their products, but you've got to focus in China because it's such a expensive, it's a big market, of course, we all know that, but also it's an expensive market to operate in from a marketing perspective. So if you don't focus, you just get lost in the noise, right? Don't you? Yeah. And that kind of leads to the the second level or the third level of marketing strategy, which is not just the product, but who is my target consumer and what is their unmet need? So it sounds so kind of uh, old school. I'm kind of an old school guy, actually, although I'm doing new things all the time. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's a way to help conquer you know the size you can't just go out and say okay i'm gonna you know compare myself to perfect diary or maybelline and you know we're gonna send out this message but if you can identify for example in makeup oh foundations we've got some kind of a foothold there it's a more loyal segment a liquid foundations it's even more specific Oh, and what, what problem is it that consumers are trying to solve when they choose a foundation? So then you can start to really be productive with your, your inside marketing investment on platform. Mm. You're going against very specific search terms. And then, um, you know, which consumer are you going after? So you're, 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 um, we measure, you know, everyone measures, but we, we measure as well the return on investment for all of our inside spending, yeah. you know, and one search term is not the same as, as another one. So mm. that's where really the connection between like the social media and the online team where the rubber meets the road is have you identified yeah. those high productivity messages and product benefits um, that can drive um, profitable business. Absolutely. And as you said, it sounds simple, but it's absolutely crucial to, to get that <laughs> cut through, right? Um, and it's not simple behind the, behind the scenes. <laughs> um, yeah. One other thing that I wanted to ask you about was this sort of trend of distributors in China um, wanting to take a stake in brands. You know, I'm, I'm talking to more and more distributors and they're, they're sort of saying, we now really want to have investment in the brands that we that we bring into the market so is that something that you guys do or you know do you have any advice for brands that are considering doing that yeah it's been around for a while i mean the early runners were there four or five years ago maybe even longer um and now almost every day you hear about someone taking a stake in a global brand um and i think it's really at the brand level Mm. Um, what is it that you're looking for? Uh, because it's, you know, it is like getting married. Uh, yeah. It's even maybe more, more permanent than getting married, really. 
Um, but uh, I think it really does depend on, on what the brand wants. I mean, I think it can be a good decision for some brands, mm. uh, but I think the due diligence, the type of work that you do, um, we could do that as well. We haven't turned our focus there, but um, the partner you pick is mm. really important because yeah. there are the folks that are really going to sincerely try to build a, a long-term brand um, in China for you. Uh, there are also folks who are trying to, you know, pump up a business model and flip it. And that yeah. sounds kind of negative, but, you know, I mean, I think most of the operators in China, with all due respect, they're, they're looking to flip in three to five years and, mm. you know, getting going from a distributor business model, which has, uh, you know, a acquisition value of maybe five times net sales if you have ownership in a brand, all of a sudden you're 20, 20 times net sales. Yes, right. So yeah. the reasons they want to do it are quite obvious. So um, you just need to be careful about that. But I think I think it can really work. I mean, I know Profex, for example, is working with CoreS. It seems to be a good partnership on both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's some there's some interesting cases out there. But it comes back to you know really. What, what is it that you want? Is it that you need the money? Is it that, you know, you want to explode the business in China? Um, it's a tricky, yeah. it's a tricky decision, really. Yeah, it is. It is a tricky, tricky decision. And um, I, th- I think brands, especially when they're first coming in, it's a, it's a, it's a very big decision as your first step into China to take that, to, to take that money and, and sort of, yeah. yeah. At the same time, finding the right partner is, such a crucial you know you need to find the right partner to be successful in China because you have you have to rely on them so much for all the intel all the you know the strategy that they are your brand effectively in China and I think so often brands are not happy with their trade partner or not happy with their distribution I know we were talking before about brands coming across to you guys from from other from other partners because I guess they they probably realize that they need more of that. Um, I don't want to use 360 after your, the 4D. <laughs> Sorry. The 4D. Multidimensional. <laughs> Multidimensional aspect. Um, yeah, no, definitely. And, and one thing actually on that, because you talked about the fact that you guys do offline. So obviously you have some brands that are registered and, and they can go online, offline. But now with the, um, with the changes that we're seeing with the animal testing requirements, presumably that places you quite well to help um, cross-border brands sort of expand in, into offline. So is there anything that you have that you sort of advice on that for brands? Yeah, well, um, I, years ago, we knew this would be happening. So not to say that it's a total genius move because, you know, obviously it's like, well, I mean, if you think five, ter- five years in the future, of course it'll be different. Mm. Um, so our vision has always been the same that, you know, we want to expand your brand across all channels. And it's just a question of step by step. How do you get there? In China, sometimes it seems like, you know, you're dancing across the lily pads to get to your destination and um you know um some things are just a stepping stone and not really a long-term solution for example Mm. yeah you know cross-border retail itself cross-border e-commerce itself 
I mean, if you have the whole business domestically, then, you know, cross-border doesn't really make any sense anymore, but it got you to the next step Mm. and and then you can keep moving. So, um, yeah, 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 I think the retail, retail environment, you know, we're ready. We've got um, team members focused on that. We have backgrounds, um, you know, most of our team leaders have backgrounds uh, from doing real offline business. And there's not that many folks that are, you know, most, yeah. most of the people coming to the brands are online only. Um, and it's different. You know, you try and manage a, a team of uh, BAs on a department store counter. It's a different, <laughs> different Very different. Kettle of fish. Yeah. But we're quite comfortable with that. And, you know, we're quite happy where moving we're, we have a strong business with the morphe cosmetics brand um, mm-hmm. in the colorist uh, which mm-hmm. has had explosively high growth it's like a low-end sephora um, and now we're moving into hainan travel retail um, it's surging and the, mm-hmm. the operators are looking for strong indie brands um, but no one has any sales force down there at all so in conjunction with our um, parent company, with our investor, uh, Bluebell Group, um, we've established an office in Hainan. We're prepared to deliver top quality retail management from end to end in that environment. Right. And the productivity per door is, uh, we were talking mm. to a brand this morning, a very, very respected indie brand, whose name I won't mention, but the turnover per door is like nothing you've ever seen. <laughs> so uh, yeah yeah the opportunities yeah. come up and you know an environment like that it's a high quality environment surrounded by the best uh, prestige brands in the world mm-hmm. um, even though the pricing obviously travel retail is always a discounted pricing model yeah. um, but it's very much of a prestigious environment mm. Yeah, no, I think Hainan is is a big opportunity. And as as we were sort of saying, because of these changes, you're freezing up now. I hope you're okay. I can I can still hear you. Um, ah, I missed you my... just I, I missed you just there. So we might have to edit that part out. But can yeah, you no start problem. Again? Yeah, sure. I was just saying that Hainan is is such a big opportunity. Obviously, we've seen it. Um, you know, we've we've seen it explode in the last. 12 months and um, I think with the changes with animal testing it's, it's really there's a there's a lot of lot of legs in the Hainan in the Hainan business so it's great that you guys have that um, that edge really um, so I guess lastly just just to finish as you sort of you work with indie brands in the market all the time I wanted to sort of get your your trends what do you think in terms of beauty at the moment in China what what's a trend that you you think is something that brands should really know about yeah well we just talked about Hainan that's a trend um, and the time is now um, I like the doing shops I mean um, yeah. it's still quite new I mean we're we're there you know we've we've got we've been doing you know live streamings and post uh, video postings on doing for a while um, and now uh, brands can uh, complete the purchase cycle on doing, um, which is really, we've found it working very well because um, the old, you know, the traditional posting method on doing tended to be quite expensive. And yeah. you, it was hard to find the ROI, uh, but we can see the ROI now. So um, we're very happy about that. Also, Kwai Show, um, mm-hmm. kind of the competitor of doing. So um, I wouldn't say it's rocket science, but uh, 
it's it's really working well for us. I mean, what's really trending is Chinese brands. So yeah. I personally spend a lot of time observing and, and trying to learn. You know, we're we're just absorbed with learning every day. We need to just keep changing, but it's quite impressive. You know, Perfect Diary and uh, Florisys and some of the other brands are doing impressive work and they're doing it, you know, at, at rocket speed. speed. <laughs> um, so we spend a lot of time, you know, just observing and saying, well, what can we apply to us? Because, you know, you can't just say, oh, well, we're gonna, we're gonna follow, we're gonna do it the same way they're, you know, because they're spending maybe 300% of their sales and marketing and, you know, things like that, that uh, my brand partners can't really do. Uh, but we do try and search and reapply, as the old saying goes. Um, yeah. So, yeah, what else is new? Feels like everything is new. Well, the animal testing going away is going to create a whole new yeah. world. So uh, I think Sephora might finally have its day. You know, oh, Sephora I know. fought so hard and they've done the best they can, but there's still probably only 7% of beauty in China. Um, so now they have their chance. Yes, whether that, that's, a, that's, that's a really interesting one, Sephora. I, um, I, often, I often wonder about how they'll be able to adapt in, in China. And hopefully with these changes, they'll get a more interesting product mix, uh, brand mix, and be able to sort of, but they've got a stiff competition. You know, the colorist, obviously it's lower end, but it's much more retail theater. It's much more exciting. You've got Harme that has such an interesting model. You know, there's there's a lot of dynamism there from, yeah. from the local retailers that Sephora, they need right. to take, they need to step it up, right? I think. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the digital so. side is, uh, the digital connection to offline is also trending heavy. So where I see it now, the latest kind of explosion that I'm watching and trying to figure out how to capitalize on it um, is back to Hainan because you think travel retail, it's like, well, since when was travel retail ever digital? I mean, absolutely mm. not. Um, mm. I can remember some failed cases from years ago from my own background, but, mm. um, but now, Almost every week, there's major announcements of how, you know, now the consumer, you can fly to Hainan, you go home, you don't even waste your time shopping because you want to go to the beach. You come home, you have 180 days to use your quota and you can buy the same pricing online. Um, and now that was like, wow, that's, that's a game changer. Um, you know, I could quadruple the sales of, you know, so-called Hainan. Actually, it's mm. now people aren't. They're like doing cross-border from mainland China from over to Hainan. And now um, um, cross, they're, they're building cross-border into that, which is just emerging today. So I can't okay. fully explain it. Okay. Uh, well, I'll have to look out for that. In the digital, acts, the digital activations happening there are frightening, mm. frighteningly mm. effective. Yeah. Um, so there's there's new new playgrounds to go and um, explore all the time. So yeah, absolutely. I know, well, that, that's a lot of interesting uh, interesting trends there, and I think that the Hainan one is really something to something to, for brands to keep a very close eye on because there's a there's a lot of opportunity there. Um, 
and obviously it's being encouraged um, from a from a regulatory perspective as well. So uh, that that's always helps in China. Well, Rob, thank you so much for that. I think it was there's lots of information in there. And if people want to get in touch with you and hear more about Star Brands Asia, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, well, they could um, email me or WeChat me. Sorry, I'm kind of a WeChat guy. They could find me on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Um, I'm not okay. sure how your podcasts work, but if, if you could... Uh, Put a link there somewhere. That would be a yeah. good way. <laughs> Absolutely, I'll put I'll put the details below, and otherwise they can um, find you on link. I'll put the link to LinkedIn as well, which is uh, is always a good way to connect. So, thank you very yeah. much. Thank you. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Thanks for. Thank you so much for joining me in this episode of Clean Beauty Asia, the podcast with me, Ali Rook. I hope you found the content useful with tips and tricks and takeaways that can really help you move your China journey forward. I always like to hear from my listeners, so please join me on LinkedIn, Ali Rook, or Instagram, Clean Beauty Asia, and I'll be very happy to talk to you more. Thanks again for listening. See you next week.